Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, my name is Beth, and I'm calling from Northern California. I had a question about the stock Nautilus, the ticker is NLS. And provides unbiased answers. Have you noticed that I answer the question directly almost immediately? I don't beat around the bush. I don't like, oh, you know, I don't know. Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Kathy from Charlottesville, Virginia. I would like your opinion on Kodak. That's K-O-D-K. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I appreciate you being with me. It is Wednesday, April 7, 2021. And I do really, sincerely, I really do appreciate you being with me and your calls and your participation in the show. Uh, it, you guys drive it, you guys make it interesting. And and Justin and I just try to provide honest and clear information for you. You know, and we call this independent thinking and shared success. You know, as far as sharing with you the facts of whatever answer to the question you bring. But some people like, uh, you know, the 401, I mean, not the 401, 529 program where I was giving out old information helped me. So don't hesitate to correct me if I you see something or hear something I'm doing wrong. I want to hear it. I'm not thin-skinned. <laughs> I understand. You know, I can't keep track of everything. It's just virtually impossible. So, anyways, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. We I will give you our best experience, our best questions, our the fairest reporting of market events and economic numbers as we can. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. Anything financial, we'll talk about it. So, you know, insurance, um, IRAs, whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't have to be individual stocks, even though that is uh, predominantly what we do talk about. But it doesn't have to be. So you drive the show where you want it to be. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so I'm live right now. 888-99 Charter is our number. That number is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888-99 CHART. Uh, and you can ask your questions anytime. We're live today. You can get on the air right now. We're live every day, four to five, but you don't have to wait. You can ask that questions when you're listening to the podcast on the workout equipment or whatever, whenever you listen to it. So let's go ahead and get started. I'd like to get right to the callers. Here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, how's it going? Anthony calling from San Jose, California. I'm heavily invested in a stock, PLSK, Clean Spark. The ticker is CLSK. A lot of movement up and down, a lot of promises. Really interested to know your perspective on it, just in general. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, this is Clean Spark Inc. CLSK. It's a new IPO out of March. Uh, it looks like March 2020 is when it came out. So that's fairly new. Okay, um, about a year old or so. Uh, they're going. They lost money from 2020 back. 
This is the first year they're going to make money. They said they're going to make $0.29 cents a share. It's a $20 stock, $20.69 stock. It provides energy software and control technology solutions to control the distribution to the, to the distributed energy resources. So we have to look deeper into that to find exactly what it does. It, it call, let's see, it, it purchased just recently uh, Solar Watt Solutions Inc. for half a, for 500,000 shares at $3.85. So, you know, this is a $700 million company, it, you know, this CleanSpark. So it's not very big. Okay, so um, let's see. Sales growth has been pretty darn strong. Uh, most recent quarter, 131%. The quarter before that, it shrank 18%. But every quarter before that, for a year and three quarters, it was growing 200% per quarter or more. So it is a pretty fast growth. This is a growth stock. They are scheduled to make $2.46 next year. That's a huge jump from $0.29. Cents. So I'm wondering if the purchase they just made, you know, was that that what's going to cause the growth in earnings? I don't know. See, you had to do more work in this. Um, and I don't know enough about it to tell you if this is a good company to be in. I can just tell you it's a small, brand-new company, so it's pretty high risk, and it's a high-growth company. That's about as good as information as I can give you. Not much debt. 888-99-CHART. Today's trivia question concerns the perceived value of brands. Now, as you probably know, publicly traded companies rely on, rely on their brand names quite often, and that drives revenue. I mean, the most famous is Coca-Cola, I would think. Everybody knows you buy a Coke. You don't buy soft drink. You buy a Coke. Anyways, Google is a brand and a service, right? Google, you Google it. So Coke is a brand, Google is a brand. So that my trivia question is coming up at the halfway mark of the program, as it does every time. Now, how did the market do today? Well, they did eke out a bit of a gain. The Dow was up 16. The Nasdaq was down 10. And, but the S&P 500 was up 6. So I would say the overall market was a little bit on the plus side. And the tech stocks were a little bit on the negative side. Uh, and that's about all you can say about it. Right? There's no big movement one way or another with those numbers. So, that's the way it is. We are headed into a quick break, and the Invest Talk Anytime listener line number is now open 888 99Chart. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Russ in Chicago. I have a options question. Today is March 24th, and it is also Altria's ex-dividend date. I had a April 23rd covered call for Altria, and it was exercised at midnight of the 24th. So early this morning, it was exercised at 12.19 a.m. Central Standard Time in Chicago, where I am. 
Now, my question is they're obviously trying to, I guess, steal or capture that dividend by uh, assigning the contract uh, so early, 30 days early. My question is, do you know who is going to get the dividend? Because technically, the shares were in my possession at midnight of the morning of the 24th. So a little bit interesting, and I'll ultimately find out on the 30th, but I wanted to let the listeners also know that it is very possible to have uh, option contracts assigned way early. I love the show, and I will be excitedly listening for your answer. Thank you. Well, that is an interesting question. Just for background you know, on a dividend, uh, the company issues uh, dividends. They have what they call the ex-dividend date. They say, okay, the dividend is going to be paid on such and such a day. And this is what it's going to be. And the owners of the stock on that day get the dividend. So you can buy the stock the day before, and you'll get the dividend the very next day. Now, some people think, well, gee, that's a great deal. That Therefore, I get, and then I can sell the stock, and I made the dividend. No, because what happens is the stock price goes down the exact amount that the amount of the dividend being paid on the day is paid. So you can't really capture that dividend that way. So he, you know, he, he so so they call in the stock away at midnight. So does he get the dividend or to you know the um, the uh, I'm gonna call the stock they uh, they exercise the option so they get the stock at midnight. So who gets the dividend? Uh, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. If it's after midnight, you would get it. Before midnight, they would get it. So at midnight, I don't know. Interesting question. Thanks for the call. That, that's a, that is very interesting. I, I would like you to call me back and give me the answer once you know, because you'll know if you get the dividend. If you don't get it on that dividend date, you know you didn't get it. Anyways, thanks. That was an interesting question. My focus point today concerns a story. Major companies may cut salaries for remote workers. Most American companies that did not offer remote work pre-pandemic did not have a policy in place regarding Salaries and locations for remote workers. So, what if you're you're a remote worker and they're paying you? What if you're a worker and you're in Silicon Valley and they're paying you huge bucks because that's very expensive place to live and they're paying you based on not only on your skill but the environment that the uh, that you live and work. And then you work remotely and you can move to you know uh, South Dakota where it's super cheap to live. So the question is. Are they going to cut your salary because of that? Okay, let's take a live call. Leo in Hawaii. How you doing, Leo? Hi. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, um, I'm calling about Chemical Corporation, ticker symbol Charlie Charlie uh, J. Yes. Yeah. What do you want to know? Yeah, just. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the stock, um, looking for a long-term hold and a possible possible good entry point. I, I've always I've I've liked Chemical Corporation for some time. I, I like where they are. Okay, they're a Canadian company engaged in the exploration, refining, conversion of re- uranium in the U.S., Canada, and believe it or not, Kazakhstan. So it's a uran- uranium mining company. Now, you know, 
as I sit back and think about it, you would think that, you know, if you really want clean energy, you would probably build nuclear power plants because it's super clean. Yes, I know there's dangers there. But I think, you know, th think about the alternatives. No one likes the alternatives. No one wants to do the alternatives. Or, so I kind of like this as a very long-term play because I do think that I think we're going to have power plants eventually, nuclear power plants grow. But, and therefore, they need uranium to power them. Now, this company is pretty small. It's, well, it's mid-cap, actually, $6.8 billion in size. It's a $17 stock. Uh, they're going to make $0.27 cents next year. They're losing um, $0.11 cents this year. They lost $0.17 cents last year. They have been very erratic in their earnings, and that's the only downside, I think. It's, you know, I, I do like the space, but, you know, there's no consistency, and that's is disturbing to me, Leo, the, the lack of consistency of the company of making money. And I, I don't necessarily, I think, I don't blame them because, you know, they're, 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 the industry that they're selling to, you know, is pretty erratic in and of itself. Think of Fukushima, Fukushima, Fukushima nuclear power plants, like, and that they closed that one down in Japan. Then Japan's they were getting rid of all their nuclear power plants. You know what I mean? It, so, that affects them. So it's tough. It's a tough call. I probably would not be a buyer because of lack of consistency. But I do like the space. I think long term, long, very long term, it's a good place, a good stock to own. Appreciate the call. Thank you. I'd like to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So let's get one, get another one in now. 888 Hi, Justin. This is John from Salt Lake City, Utah. My question is about the ETF Jets. I bought some call options, you know, maybe three months ago, and I've about doubled my money since then, and I'm just curious if you think I should sell or if I should continue holding. Thanks of the podcast. Look forward to listening to the answer. Bye. Okay, this is U.S. Global Jets ETF Exchange Traded Fund seeking uh, investment results corresponding to the U.S. Global Jets Index. I think I'd take the money. Because it's coming up really close to at thirty dollars or so. Right now the stock is twenty seven fifty six, but at around thirty dollars it hits a lot of resistance. So it's in the resistance area now. I take my money and run. What I would do. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need one want strategies. I know you need to deal with market volatility and all that uncertainty that comes with it. So I can help you with that. But you've got to call with your questions. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line number is now open, 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. 
888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasland. I appreciate you being with me. So my focus point today is about companies who, you know, since the the uh, the, the uh, remote worker phenomena from the COVID, everybody started working from home. The 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 problem is, is companies had no policy for that. They didn't, you know, they they just it was just something new. So some of the companies out there are saying, wait a minute, if you're working from home, we're going to cut your salary. You know, one of the major companies that decided to do that, Facebook. Isn't that nice of them? They say that they're going to implement that. And uh, there is a little bit of logic saying because if you work from home, you can work anywhere you want. You can move to a cheap place where to live and, and then uh, take advantage of high salaries where you were initially. So there's logic to their thinking, but I don't know. I don't know where you sit on that. I, I'm, it's kind of tough that I'm working for you, the company. I'm doing a job. We agreed on a salary, and now you decide just because I'm working from home, doing the same amount of work. Matter of fact, studies have shown people do work more when they work from home than they would in an office. So Technically, I might be doing more work for you, the company, than I was before working from home, and you're going to cut my salary? From the company point of view, they're going to say, look, you know, that your salary is based, based on high expense, living expense here where the office is, and you're now working somewhere where it's a lot, working from home, somewhere where it's a lot cheaper. And you don't, you're, you're, you're making, you know, you're making more money than you would if I hired you in that location. Okay. And then the other side is, yeah, but now you don't have to have a big office space to support me anymore because now if all of us workers working from home, your overhead has gone down. You're already saving money. You see how that argument goes back and forth? And it's perfectly logical on both sides. So I don't have an answer, do you? I'm not sure. There's something that rubs me wrong that the employer gets to cut your salary just because you're working remotely from home. I don't know why, but I think that's wrong. I know conceptually I disagree with that. You are worth what you are worth. And if they're going to, it shouldn't matter where you live, you're worth it or not. You know, are you contributing to the growth and stability of the company you work for? And if the answer is yes, why, am I, why is my work from Point A day to point B day, any different? Even though one I'm working in the office, one I'm working from home. Why is there any difference? And I'm putting in more hours. Hmm. Tough question, huh? I don't know the answer. But if I was an employee working for a company and they want to cut my salaries, I'd be screaming. <laughs> I would be. I'd, just, I'd be bringing up those arguments I just gave you just now. I might be looking for a new job. Someone who valued me more. Okay, I've told you many times that we we invest our call. You know that we get invest our caller questions from around the world and across America. So let's take one from a listener in Iowa. Hey, Steve or Justin, my name's John from Dubuque, and I'm calling about ticker symbol BBL Mining Company. And I see it's had a recent pullback um, from about like 67 or so down to the, about 55 or so checking to see if this is a trend of a bigger thing or if this is just a good buy point. Thank you, and have a great day. Okay, this is a BHP uh, Group. 
Uh, it is a company out of Australia. Australian company engaged in mining of metallurgical and energy coal, iron ore, oil, gas, and manganese. Uh, it's a $159 billion company, so it's very large. They're going to make $5.93 this year. That's 66% more than last year. And five sixty four next year, so a little bit less next year. So it's selling for what, a 12, 13 Ford PE? And mining companies don't usually have high PE, so don't think that that's so unusual. But it should get around a market value of PE of 15. Return on equity is very good at 19%. The yield is very good at 5.2%. And sales growth in the most recent quarters have gone up 15%, both quarters. Because of that, the stock moved up nicely. Now, it did have a recent pullback, and that pullback was right around $55 a share, and now it's 59 So I actually think this is probably a decent area to buy. I'd like the $55 area better, better, but you know it hit there and then bounced off. So um, I think it might be a decent place to buy. Okay? That's what I think. That's B8, BBL is the symbol. BBL, BHP Group. Okay, brand value and our trivia question about brands. Okay, brand value is a term used in the marketing industry to describe the value of a brand. For investors and public companies, the brand valuation of that company has a lot to do with the projected revenue of the company. Okay, so as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. What are the top five brands by value in the U.S.? And can you name three brands that were established in the 1920s and they are still in use today? At the break, I'll supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART. Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt-to-equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 28 million. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. 
Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with Audio Companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888-99-CHART. I asked a trivia question before the break, and it's all about branding. And I said, what are the top five brands today in the U.S.? And what were three brands that were established in the 1920s, and they're still in use today? Okay, so what's brand valuation? Brand valuation. And it's nothing more than an estimate of the brand's total value to the company, typically quantified in U.S. dollars. A brand is an intangible asset. A name, a term, a design. You know, think about Nike and their swoosh little checkmark thing. That's a brand. That little checkmark's their brand. So 
That's what. It, how much is that worth? Well, to Nike, man, that's worth billions, right? That's a huge cost. I mean, a huge statement. Everything you know about Nike, you know that's a Nike product because of that swoosh, whatever you want to call it. So strong brands influence customer choice and create loyalty. That's what they're all about. So what are the top five? Top five U.S. brands by valuation. Oh, number one is Amazon. $334 $334 billion. Apple is number two. Google is number, I'm sorry. Uh, Amazon is number one. And two is Apple. Three is Google. Four is Microsoft. And number five is Visa. So not Coca-Cola down in there. You would think that'd be big, but no, not bigger than these companies. And part of the reason is the valuations of these companies. Amazon, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Right? Top four of the five huge companies by market value, and therefore part of that value is their branding. Okay, um, 1921. Three brands. 1921 was Wonder Bread. And 1927 was Kool-Aid. And 1923 was Popsicles. Okay, six months after the patent. Interesting about the Popsicle. Six months after their patent was awarded for a popsicle, the Good Humor Briars Ice Cream Company sued the Popsicle Corporation. Okay? There was a settlement and licensing agreement. In 1989, Good Humor, 89 now, now a subsidy of Unilever, bought the rights to Popsicle, and so Popsicle still is around and lives today. Just a little trivia there. Okay, next up, a question about a certain stock we get pretty often. Hey, guys. I was just calling about Verizon VZ, if it's a good long-term buy where it is now. Um, You guys are great. Thanks for everything. Bye. So Verizon is a blue-chip stock that should be in most people's portfolios, $244 billion, very steady business model, very steady earnings, very slight shrinkage or growth of sales, nothing really dramatic one way or another, but it pays a 4.3% dividend. Return equity is very high at 33%. Hold on. Sorry, a little cough there. Um, it's a $59 stock, going to make $5.16 next year. So that tells you what, 12 PE? Something like that, close. Uh, what's it worth? Well, the five-year range of the P is 10 to 15. And so it trades in a very narrow range, and it's right in the middle of that range. So could you get it at a cheaper price? Well, it would be nice to buy you know, the cheapest price you can get because their earnings are stable, very stable. So it would be nice to buy it in a recession like last March. So where did it go last March? Where, what was the price then? Well, they got down to $48.84, the cheapest. Remember, it's 59 now. So you can see its its range, it trades in a very narrow range between 50, low 50s and low 60s, and it's right at 59 now. So don't want to wait. You can buy it, but um, it goes ex-dividend tomorrow. It pays dividend tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, I like Verizon. 
like Verizon and the other large companies uh, in the same area, same exact area. This is, this is a mess talk, everybody, so let's keep the calls coming. Here's another question. Hi, this is Jeff from Bloomington, Illinois. LVS, Las Vegas Sands Hotel, sold their Las Vegas property. I'm wondering what your take is on that as far as the stock goes at this point. I know Justin was a big fan of Las Vegas Sands. I'm assuming that it's still a good position to have because it's uh, overseas and in Asia, but I just wondered your opinion. Thank you. Well, I like, I like LBS, Las Vegas Sands Corporation also. Operates uh, Marina Bay Sands, Venetian, Mar- Macau, Sands, Macau, Four Seasons, Macau, and Pal- Palazzo, and the Venetian. So it sold you know, one of its properties here in Vegas. I don't know which one, and I'm not really up on that. But, you know, it, it, of course, it lost $2.12 in 2020 because of COVID. It's going to rebound in 2021 to earn $0.71 a share and then to $2.85 in 2022. Okay, so what is the normal earnings? What, you know, what in the normal price range? Well, if it refers to its normal price range, that's going to be between $70 and $80 a share, and it's at 62 So it's not super cheap, um, but it's not super expensive either. It's kind of right in the area where you, you know, it's fairly priced, in my opinion. It's not underpriced or overpriced at this stage. It has been moving up. So, uh, you know, it's everybody is thinking it's going to recover and we need to be a buyers of it. So it's right now in a lot of support area, right where it is now. i probably wait for a better opportunity myself. I like the stock a lot, though. Pays no dividend. No dividend. Uh, let's see. What else? Okay. How about let's make a three caller questions in a row. This one came in earlier from Virginia. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Kathy from Charlottesville, Virginia. I would like your opinion on Kodak. That's K-O-D-K. I own 120 shares at around $16 a share. It is traded as high as 50 on the news that the company was getting a government-backed loan for the production of generic drugs and related plans. It is currently running 8 to $9 a share. It's a minute fraction of my portfolio, and I can hold it or I can sell it for a loss. There is no news about Kodak, supposed plans, or the status of their loan that I'm aware of. Should I cut my losses and move on or hold and hope? Your assessment of Kodak's prospects would be appreciated. Thank you. I'm not a fan of Kodak. Not. Eastman Kodak Company provides hardware, software, consumables, services to customers in various markets worldwide. I mean, Kodak Eastman Company was a camera company. And, you know, so it's trying to change its business model because that's a dying model. Remember uh, the book I suggested that you read, Creative Destruction? Creative Destruction? Well, Kodak's industry was being destroyed, so they're trying to survive by changing. It's only a $630 million company, market cap company now. It's really small. It doesn't make money, hasn't made money in the last three years. I doubt if it'll make money next year or the year after. And the cash flow is negative $6.57. There is nothing to attract me to Kodak at all. I would take my losses and leave, find a better prospect. 
Eastman Kodak, K-O-O-K-O-D-K. K-O-D-K is a symbol. Just not a fan of it. It's just too weak fundamentally for me to even consider. Okay? Okay, uh, let's see. You know, I, I, every once in a while I like to, you know, tout our company, KPP Financial here. So let me take a minute to do that, if you don't mind. Justin Klein and I offer client investors services through our company, KPP Financial. We ba- we're based in Irvine, California. Excuse me. We, uh, 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 by the way, that's in Orange County, which is between, you know, San Diego County and L.A. County. Uh, I've lived here for multi-decades. Um, and thanks to technology, we can review your portfolio, offer strategic guidance, and you never have to leave the comfort of your home if you don't want to. Keep in mind that you know on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And this is very good for you, our listeners and clients, because we 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 practice a, a guidance based on what we would do with our own money. Matter of fact, we call it parallel investing. I own the exact same stocks as for myself as I do for my clients. The same price, same percentage of the portfolio, same time, buy and sell, same times, and all five of our programs, I do that. So that, you know, I might put my money where my mouth is, and I take it out when I don't want to be in. So, and I take everybody else out with me. I mean, I stay invested, but I but if I want to produce cash and, Get conservative, I do, and everybody else does it with us. So if you're interested for us to take a look at your portfolio, we'd like to do that. It's free, no, no obligations. You can call KPP Financial in Irvine, California, or you can just go to investtalk.com, or click on Contact Us, or send me an email. Send Justin an email. We'll answer it. Now, Justin's away on vacation this week, and I will take a couple of days off myself starting tomorrow. We have prepared two new compilation shows. We call them Best of Caller Questions. They will be posted tomorrow and Friday. So please tell your friends they can download Invest Talk for free. But now stay with us. Our next question will be from Northern California. There is good news for loyal Invest Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, my name is Biff, and I'm calling from Northern California. I had a question about the stock Nautilus, the ticker is NLS, and uh, they saw a lot of gym equipment, including Bowflex, and I noticed that the price has dropped a lot since January, and uh, their revenue has increased a whole bunch. Their P.E. ratio is 8.65. I was wondering if now is the right time to buy Nautilus. Uh, once again, their ticker is NLS. Look forward to your answer and appreciate your help. Thank you. Bye. I think it is. 
Now, by the way, have you noticed that I answer the question directly almost immediately? I don't beat around the bush. I don't like, oh, you know, I don't know. If I'm really, if I'm confident one way or another, I'll spit it out. If I'm not, I'll tell you why. I, I don't know if I'm so keen on this. But Nautilus, why do I think it's a good buy right now? It's a $16.16 stock. And we know it manufactures fitness equipment, mainly sold under Nautilus, Moflex, Schwinn, and Universal Brands. Uh, they're going to make $2.46 in 2020. I mean, that's what they did make. And that was a very big year for them because everybody's staying home and working out at home. Their equipment was sold out everywhere. This year, they're only going to make $1.84. Next year, $1.79. So those years are not going to be as good because think about most people already bought what they want, so they think their sales are going to be a little bit weaker. Meanwhile, the earnings are going to be a little weaker. Sales are still fairly strong. Okay, the most recent quarter, 82% growth. Um, at a $16.16, and they're going to make $1.79, that tells you that it's, what, a 9 PE? 9, and the five-year range is 4 to 28. Return equity is very high, 65%. That's huge. I mean, they, make a, they have a great return on the equity they have. And cash flow is very strong at $2.91. It has had a recent pullback to support which is $16 or so. So that's why I think this is a good place to buy it. I like it. Nautilus, NLS. Okay? If I move quickly, we can fit in one more question here. Hey, guys. Thank you for the show. Hoping for your opinion on Boston Omaha, ticker symbol B-O-M-N. Thank you. Boston Omaha, Omaha Corporation it's a fairly new company, IPO back in 2017, so that's not that far back. Provides outdoor billboard advertising, acquiring existing billboard locations in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Uh, they make money. They're going to make $0.48 cents next year. It's a $27 stock, so it's expensive. Uh, their sales growth has fallen dramatically the last couple, three quarters. I mean, start, starting four quarters ago, their sales growth was 25%. Three quarters ago, the sales growth was 13%, then 7%. Now, the most recent quarter in December, it shrunk 1%. I don't like that. I, I, that tells me, no, I'm not interested in it. At $0.48 cents a share earnings, it's just not enough. Management owns, management owns 49% of the company, which is pretty good. And uh, mutual funds are buyers, but and there's no debt. But it's just not strong enough for me. Not my, not of interest. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, same goal every day, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-89-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Got a question for Steve or Justin? What do you think a target price to get in would be? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. 
The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Kim, and I'm calling from upstate New York. I had a question about index funds and maybe making something a little bit better than an index fund. So currently right now, I carry VTSAX, and I was curious to see if something would be better than that. I made a portfolio on Portfolio Visualizer and back-tested it and um, made a combination of DIA, SPY, and NDAQ and was wondering what your thoughts were on keeping that as a portfolio versus VTSAX. Look forward to your thoughts, and um, thanks so much for everything you do. I really enjoy the show. Have a great day. Bye. So VTSAX is Vanguard Total Market Market Index, Total Stock Market Index. So it's all the stocks. So it's the good stocks, the great stocks, and the bad stocks, okay? So when you say you bought instead maybe SPY, that's S&P 500. SPY is the ETF of the S&P 500. So that's the 500 largest stocks, in, which represents about 80% of the entire marketplace, then DIA, which is the Dow 30, which is 30 very large companies, which represents about 20% of the entire marketplace. And the QQQs, which is the NASDAQ 100, which is mostly full of those big tech stocks. Okay, it's those tech stocks. So those are different slices of the market, except for the VTSAX is the entire market. And so I would suggest you probably could do better with the ETFs that you have, and you probably could even do a little bit better with you know moving around a little bit of cash into certain sector ETFs that seem to be moving, like value stocks right now, or commodities. You know, so yeah, you can do that. I like the idea of not being just in the overall index. Now, I will say this: for the average person who has no interest in keeping track of anything, stay with the indexes. You can buy VTSAX and you'll be fine. Or you can buy the S&P 500. I'd rather see you buy the S&P 500 than the VTSAX because it has better stocks in it. But you'll be fine in either way. If you buy it and hold it and just ignore it for 10, 20 years, you'll be do very well. So, you know, I, I don't have a negative necessarily on VTSAX other than it holds the entire market, and I don't want to own the entire market. There's some bad stocks in there, bad companies that don't move very well. Anyways, so we can fit in one more question here. It's, it's Let's go ahead and grab it. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Clyde from Auburn. I'm looking to add a bank to my portfolio. I'm looking at Bank of America, BAC. What are your thoughts on that for the long run, long term? Thank you. Long term, it's going to be just fine. Bank of America is huge, a $345 billion company. So it's huge. Global holding company offering banking and non-banking financial services in the U.S. and over 35 countries. Pays a small dividend, which is something I don't like, 1.8%. Very, very small. Uh, there's a $40 stock going to make $2.95. It's not cheap. It's not exp- I would say it's probably more on the expensive side than the fair side. So I think it's had a decent run, and I only buy it on a pullback. If it has a nice pullback, Bank of America is BAC. Did you see the IMF uh, revise its global growth outlook? It revised it up. 
They think of this year, 2021, the global growth is going to be around 6%. U.S. growth is around 6%. China's growth about 8%. The EU, around 4%. So that's what they think this year, that kind of growth. They also predict the following year it's going to be much less. And, of course, they're pointing out the recovery from COVID and all the government spending massive amounts of money to jumpstart their economies, and that's going to work. Now, the question you have to ask yourself, is that going to cause inflation? There are, are, there are arguments that it won't and arguments that it will. Maybe I can get to that maybe next time I'm on Best Talk. Anyways, our time is up. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Dustin Klein and I thank you for being with us, listening to us, and having your friends and family listen to our podcast. We do really appreciate it. And, of course, you know, we post a program every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time. We post it a little after 5, soon after we post today's program. Uh, so get your free downloads anytime. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, InvestTalk.com. And remember... Tomorrow and Friday, we have two new best of shows. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.